Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded podcast, the companion podcast to digitallydownloaded.net. My name is Matthew Sainsbury. I'm the editor-in-chief of that there.net website. And with me this week, we have Harvard. Hello, Harvard. Good morning, Matt. Good to have you on, as always. We also have with us Trent. Hello, Trent. Yes, hello. I'm not going to be as cheerful as uh, Harvard. That was way too cheerful for the morning. (laughs) (laughs) All the cheerful. We're all very happy people here. Um, we also have James all the way from the UK and tapping in at a ridiculous hour, so we should all be very grateful that he's on. Hello, James. Hi, Matt. Okay, so we've got a lot to talk about. We always have a lot to talk about here on Digitally Uploaded. We always provide the contents for you to listen to. Uh, we're going to start things off, though, by listening to Hatsune Miku music as I continue my quest to convert the entire world to the religion of Miku. Um, we'll have some something cheerful. I'm not quite sure exactly which track, but we will come back and we'll talk about all the games that you'll be playing through June.
Welcome back, everybody. Okay, so this is the last week of May as we record this podcast. So it's time to look forward to what we'll be playing in the next month. And I think June's going to be a pretty good month. Usually it's a relatively quiet one because E3 happens and game developers are too busy telling us what we're going to be going to be playing in the future rather than actually releasing stuff. But this year there is a pretty good lineup of games to look forward to. So if I run through the PlayStation 4 list first, on June 4 we have Warhammer Chaos Bane come out, which should be good. I mean, Warhammer games are half half the time they're pretty terrible, half the time they're all right. Hopefully this one's on the all right side of things. Seems like it will be. Uh, on that same day, we have Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 2 come out on PlayStation 4. Obviously, that's already out on PlayStation 3 and Vita, but if you missed those versions, then grab this one. That's an amazing series, that is. Um, also on June 4, we have the highly fan servicey puzzle game Kotodama The Seven Mysteries of Fujisawa, which is P-Cube's first developed game. Um, the publisher, they, they're, you know, historically they've been well known for bringing all kinds of weird stuff over from Japan. Now they're actually producing one as well, which is interesting. Um, on June 11, we have Dragon Star Vanir, which is Compile Heart's latest. Hopefully that's good. Uh, June 13, Leisure Suit Larry comes back. God knows why, but he's back. <laughs> Uh, on June 18, the highly awaited Bloodstained Ritual of the Night comes. That's the kickstarted one by Mr. Castlevania. He's back with a game that's Castlevania in everything but name. Hopefully that scratches a niche for people and doesn't turn out to be whatever that mighty number whatever was, which was a failure. Hopefully this one is not. Um, on June 18, Compile Hut's back with a visual novel, Data Live Rio Reincarnation, which is actually a pack of three visual novels, I think, which is an awful lot of contents. June 21, we have Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, which is a kart racer, which will hopefully purge the, everybody's memory of that absolutely terrible Sonic one that just released. Um, June 25 brings Super Neptunia RPG, a third Compile Heart game. Gosh, they're busy. They're going to keep us very busy. June 25 brings The Sinking City, which is the latest attempt to do a Lovecraftian horror game, and hopefully that's good. Uh, what else have we got? Still going. Um, June 25 brings We the Revolution, which is an indie game which has caught my attention because you get to be a revolutionary and the, the little promotional icon on the Switch store has a guillotine on it, so that should be good. Um, and then... Right at the end of the month, June 28, comes the next F1 game, and they've become pretty reliable. It's racing sports games, so hopefully that one's a good one as well. Flicking over to the Switch, we've got a lot of games that also came out on PS4, such as Kotodama, um, Leisure Suit Larry, Crash Team Racing, Bloodstained, Super Neptunia. They all come out on Switch as well. Um, in addition, just looking through, I mean, I guess the, the main one coming out on the Switch for people who have that console and um, is not coming on PS4 is Super Mario Maker 2, which comes out on June 28 and Super Mario Maker was great. So hopefully this one is great as well. Okay. So that's everything. It's a pretty busy month for game releases. Harvard, tell us which ones of those you're going to be playing. Oh man. Everything here is like my niche. So I don't even know what to talk about. First of all, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, I am super optimistic for because the art style for that looks just so amazing. Like they just got everything right. And they released a little teaser game that's available right now that's more of like a NES Castlevania style of game. And they've proved that they can nail that old school style while making it feel new and fresh and not painful to play like the original Castlevania was. Exactly. So I have really high hopes. That, that mini game was actually made, that, that little game was made by Inti Creates, not the developer making Oh, <laughs> not okay, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> but the, um, but Ritual of the Night is way forward, isn't it? Sorry? They're, way, they're made by Way Forward, isn't it? Or like with help from Way Forward? Uh, I think, yeah, I, thought, I think they brought Way Forward on late because I think they needed to get this thing out the door and it wasn't. Oh. So, yeah, that's always, I, that, that was a point of concern, I guess, for me was that they did bring way forward on quite late to i guess try to fix things up i'm hoping it's good uh, yeah okay well put my excitement in a box then and ship it off to a different country because it's gone now <laughs> oh it started as a kickstarter so you better hide that away as well <laughs> I, I have high hopes for kickstarter i'm sure that they've 
made lots of good things. And also Super Mario Maker 2, of course. Um, I saw that they have a, a Super Mario 3D World theme, where when I heard that, I was very excited too. I was like, oh man, we get to make 3D levels. Uh, we don't, we only get to make 2D levels, but with the, the assets of the 3D World games. But you know what? Even then, designing stuff is always fun, right? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I really enjoyed Mario Maker on the Wii U. I couldn't stand the 3DS one because you couldn't actually upload levels to share, which kind of defeats the purpose of Mario Maker. But uh, I've got big hopes for this one on Switch. I think, you know, those kinds of games are effectively endless because a whole bunch of creative people come and create levels. And if Nintendo can build on what it did with the Wii U version, then great. It'll be amazing. What about you, Trent? What is what's on your list of to dos? See, see, I'm I'm hoping that Judgment's still coming out this month. That's well, June, whatever. I don't know what month it is at the moment. <laughs> I'm still hoping Judgment comes out. Like the um, the Japanese re-release is in July sometimes. So and apparently the Western release date hasn't been changed yet. So still high hopes it comes out on the 25th or whatever day it's locked in for. But uh, probably may slip just a bit if the Japanese release date's going to be in July. It just seems odd that the Japanese game, you know, with all the changes and stuff behind the game, you know, that the Japanese version was the eat, like the hardest one to put out, like, if that makes sense. Like, the Western one's just going to appear. Maybe they want to, like, advertising or something. Maybe it's easier to release the Western one first and not hype up the Japanese one. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm excited for if it's going to come out. Um, but um, I, outside of that, uh, probably probably Super Mario Maker. But I'm undecided on if I should get it digital or download, get it as a retail copy or get the limited edition copy or get the limited edition copy but digital. Uh, so it's horrible. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about Judgment. I'm hoping it comes out. Uh, I, I have had a chance to have some hands-on time with it when it had that actor in it before he got done for cocaine. Um, I'm hoping it. I'm hoping it comes out as well. Uh, I don't think it's the end of the world if it doesn't. Whenever it comes out, it's going to be great and it'll turn heads. That's why I didn't mention it in the original list, though. I, I have a sneaking suspicion it'll probably slip a little bit anyway. Um, but who knows? It'd be good if it comes out this month. What about you, James? What is your most anticipated June release? Um, I think, yeah, probably, probably Super Mario Maker 2 looks pretty fun. Um, I think as well, um, there was another one as well that yeah, I think you mentioned. Um, oh, what was it called? Uh, uh, Crash Team Racing. So I think it's going to be a pretty cool trip down, uh, trip down memory lane. Uh, and there's a few titles, actually, which I think, are, I think are pretty cool just in terms of crossovers. So like Octopath Traveler. Uh, which I've already played on the Switch, which is a great game, but that's coming out for PC. Uh, and then obviously you mentioned as well, Legend of Heroes, Shadow of Steel. So there's, there's a few games which are coming out, which I guess are re-releases, but just onto other platforms. So if you missed the chance to play them or whatever, or um, you've got a second chance, I guess, Octopath Traveler or uh, Legend of Heroes, Cold Steel. I mean, I've already, already played the first one of that back on the Vita, I think it was anyway. So I'm looking forward to that on the uh, PS4 as well. So yeah, th- th- there's a few things coming out in June. Yeah, I'm about to go down the rabbit hole with... Um... Legends of Trail, uh, the Legends of Heroes. I'm about. I, I did play the original two when they released on PS3, but with the third one coming out later in this year, I figure I should probably catch myself up. So I'm about to go down the rabbit hole and play both of those, which is what about a hundred hours each. <laughs> Thereabouts, they're ridiculously long games, so that's going to be painful. But um, yeah, there, there's a lot there for me to, uh, that I'm looking forward to as well, in addition to all the Compile Heart stuff, because everybody knows I love my Compile Heart, even if nobody else does. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Crash Team Racing. I got to play one track of that in a preview session. It was actually, I was there to play Sekiro uh, as a preview, but they had that on the console as well. So I kind of booted that up and gave it a go for one track. And I like it. I think it's, I, I certainly think it's going to be a lot better than the, um, the Trash Fire that is. Sonic Team Racing or whatever it's called. <laughs> Horrible game. Terrible. No, game. no, 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 guys. If Crash Team Racing turns out to be really bad, we can just be like more like Trash Team Racing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think there's any. I don't think the the risk is there. I don't think Activision's going to let that one slide. So Damn, that's, the joke's been wasted. Yeah, we, 
we'll have to wait for next time. Um, <laughs> the other one I'm really looking forward to, which we didn't mention, is The Sinking City. Um, I know the rest of you aren't as big a fans of Lovecraft and horror and stuff as I am, but that one, that one I'm hoping is, is good. Call of Cthulhu, which came out, what, last year, that was a pretty good attempt at doing Lovecraft. I'm hoping this one is as well, different developer. Um, but yeah, it's hard to do Lovecraft well in horror. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping against hope that that one turns out well. Oh, also, I realized that we missed one. We so did. if you guys know Samurai Showdown, the old school, like 90s fighting game, they're oh, going for a reboot this month. Yes. So it's Samurai Showdown 2019. And yes. Yes. I am mixed. I'm very mixed. Because... Well, I've been throwing up the I've been throwing up the trailers up on digitallydownloaded.net. <laughs> plug for the website there. Um, I, I've been throwing those up as, they, as, as they've been popping up, and yeah, it's looking pretty good. It's it's using that kind of 3D engine on 2D kind of um, yeah, level. level. Yeah, so but that looks a little like bit like King of Fighters. It's a little bit too little, too late. I feel like. It looks like a mix of that and the old school giant muscle Street Fighter Four kind of animations. Yeah, and I feel yeah, like they made King of Fighters look so elegant. And I've always thought of Samurai Showdown as a really nice animated pixel colorful game, and they've changed it into Super Muscle Street Fighter Four. And I'm like, well, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Like the the appeal of those earlier Samurai Showdown, Showdown games was the gorgeous big sprites that were beautifully animated. Um, and I did think that if they were going to do another one, that would be what they did. Um, they'd go down the blaze blue route of do, using using really high quality, high definition sprites. Um, they haven't. I don't know. I'm I'm hoping. I mean, the, as long as the fighting engine's good, then it'll be worth. Yeah, I don't doubt that. SNK is usually pretty good with that. But maybe it's just budget, I think. Because you can imagine Arc System works for Guilty Gear and all that probably spent like so much money on making the 2D, 3D anime kind of style. I suspect it's probably they used they had they had that engine kicking around from King of Fighters and decided to reuse it. It does look very similar to that to me. Um mm. which is fine. I, I mean I quite like that King of Fighters game, so I'm hoping that this one turns out pretty well as well. And on that note, we're going to go to some music. That's a lot of games in June because E3 also comes out then. <laughs> so uh, we'll have we'll have a lot to talk about about the games coming as well. That'll be announced at that show. So yeah, it should be a good month for video games. Uh, what music are we going to choose? I'm going to put... There's three of you on the podcast, so each of you are going to have to choose a track. I'm going to put James on the the spotlight first pick a song james any song oh man uh i like being cruel uh well we've all mentioned super mario uh mario maker so yeah let's go for some mario music mario music oh that's a good idea let's pick some music from which mario has the best music super mario brothers 3 64 64 done
Welcome back, everybody. So this week or last week or sometime around, whenever you're listening to this, sometime around the launch of this podcast, um, Sega went and released a new Sonic game, racing game. What's it called? Team Sonic? Sonic Team Racing. Sonic Team Racing. There you go. And I think it's a pretty good summary of how good this game is that I can't even be bothered remembering the name of it. It's... It's terrible. To be fair, the whole series has had hard to remember names. Like Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing is may or may not be the right name for the first game. Yeah, but that one was actually good, so I'm I'll forgive it. I'm not going to forgive this one its name. I know. I mean, the name is like Sonic and Team and Racing or something, which kind of describes what's in the game. But it's about isn't it meant to be Team Sonic Racing, which is confusing because Crash is Crash Team Racing, and it's like why don't you just have the same naming conventions? Yeah, Team Team Sonic Racing, whatever it's called. I mean, it's a pretty self-explanatory title because it is a game about teams racing, but it's a <laughs> it's a generic title to go with a very generic uh, kart racing game, which is really disappointing because I was looking forward to it. I'm a big fan of kart races. I play pretty much all of them, and I certainly didn't expect one of the caliber of the Sonic series, especially given that some of the previous Sonic uh, races have been pretty good. I did not expect one with this kind of profile to be about as enjoyable or as interesting as Meow Races, um, which is another kart race game that is out recently. And that one, at least, they put some effort in because the developer was small and tiny and it's a very indie game. So I can approve of the attempt, but when it's of the caliber and prestige of sonic i kind of expect a bit more than that and i did not get that so i was very disappointed i'll probably never play that game again i would throw it in the bin but it's a digital download so i can't exactly do that i'm very disappointed about that as well um but on that note has anybody else here actually played it are any of you actually going to pick it up because i was so excited for it you have no idea i love sumo digital and they do such a great job with the, the, the series and when I heard it was announced, I just wanted to play as the cool characters like like Jet and um the I've forgotten his name, but the Shemui guy and like all those side characters. And then I found that they took him out. Yeah. And that means they took all the cool tracks that used to be in the game out as well. And I'm thinking like what what's the point, you know? I don't even know where those tracks came from because it's not like it's kind of iconic Sonic locations. Like what what's the first one? Green greens or Green Hill Zone or Emerald Hill Zone. There you go. There isn't a there isn't a Green Hills track that's really identifiable as Green Hills. And Wait, what? Yeah, I, I don't know. That one job. The only track I can even remember now talking, and I did play it what about two days ago. It was the last time I played it. The only track I can actually remember talking to you now is a pinball track, and it's not a very good pinball track. Like the was it like a Casino Night Zone kind of track, or. I don't know. I remember Mario Kart. I can't remember the name of the track. Mario Kart had a better pin. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a great Such one. a good track. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it seems like they've tried to clone that and they've just lost any of the inspiration that went into that track. So it's just, yeah, it's painful. And the lack of characters is really painful as well. I wanted to race around as football manager and I can't do that. And it makes me very angry because football manager was a legend. I'm actually so sad about this game. <laughs> I mean, they had so many opportunities. Sega, Sega's got such a huge cast of characters. They should all do before. They could have put, like, Alien from Alien Isolation in there. That would have been pretty cool. Having an alien race around in the cart, doing its thing. Do you know what it probably was? Focus oh, on our big hitters without realizing that they're... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. What about you, James? Are, are you a fan of cart races? I think the only, uh, the only kart races I've played are obviously like the Mario Kart games and, and Crash Team Racing. I think that's pretty much it. Dri- I am notoriously bad at driving games. Uh, and I just, uh, unless, the, the, gun, unless the, the cars have got guns on and there's a chance I can kill people on the track, I'm not going to win them. Uh, which is probably one of the only reasons why Mario Kart appeals, so at least I can hit people with shells. So I, I usually avoid driving games. Uh, but yeah, the, the Mario Karts and, and Crash Team Racing are great games. But after your glowing recommendation, I don't think I'll be adding Sonic Racing <laughs> to the list of uh, games to try out. Yeah, I mean mechanically, it, it's okay. Um, like, there's there's nothing wrong with the actual racing, and you'd be pretty you'd be pretty shocked if they managed to screw that up. Like, it, cruising around the tracks works, 
And the tracks are designed in a way that I think they're pretty accessible to people. They're wide for the most part, a bit like how Mario Kart tracks these days are kind of uh, quite wide in, in design so that you don't feel like um, you're getting bumped around off the edges too much. So mm-hmm. that it, they've done their research and they've cloned, I guess, the Mario Kart approach to track design and racing. Um, but yeah, they haven't got any soul in there. There's no battle modes either. It's all very, it's quite shallow in terms of how much stuff there is. There's like five cups. Each cup has four tracks. So that's what, 20 tracks, which is not much when all you can do is single race, team race or online race. Um, there's there's just no depth to it. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how many more things I can say about this before I make the few Sonic fans that listen to this podcast really mad at me for ripping into <laughs> it a little bit too much. Um, let's flip the conversation then. Let's talk about kart races that's, or what, what makes a kart racer good. Obviously, Mario Kart being the example, I think, that most people would immediately point to. But are there any other uh, kind of kart races that you've enjoyed, Trent? And if so, what did you like about them? Wow, um, I'm trying to think of a kart racer, the last kart racer I played, which wasn't a Mario Kart, unfortunately. <laughs> it's it's definitely not the big series. It's like, you know, the year, year well, not yearly, like console release, it's like, oh, it's going to have a Mario Kart. Like, you know, that's my, you know, kart racing fix. And I, I guess, you know, though it's using an example of the Sonic series and you're probably dragging it back into the Sonic conversation, I really, really love Transform. Like, that was... It had soul. It was perfect. It like, had all the characters, you know. You got to play as Football Manager, which you really loved. And, like, it just seems like it worked out what was also working with Mario as well. Like, it... Like, I'd never played a Sonic one up until that point. And then that one was like... that. This is taking me... This is made me love the series i'm gonna get into anything which comes out of it so it was it was a good kart racer but yeah obviously it's disappointing that the other one was a bit bad but yeah mario kart is usually my go-to and you know i'm the crazy person which enjoys all the newer mario kart games over the older mario kart games like i just feel like they have worked out you know you know, things like, you know, you're not bumped around too much in the track, you know, the speeds seem a little bit more, you know, I guess, casual, but that's what I sort of want in the game. Like, I don't want it to be really serious, like, you know, old-timey arcade. I just want that sort of nice, not a leisurely drive, but, you know, that speed behind it as well, but also the control. Yeah, do you think it's... Do you think that Mario Kart is such a dominant kind of it has such a stranglehold hold over the kart racer that it's too hard for other developers to compete is it almost pointless to try and make a kart racer unless you're nintendo making a mario kart well i definitely think it sort of is like that because it's like any especially at least on nintendo consoles because even if you look at things like super smash bros like no one really approaches uh switch or any current nintendo console or even in the past and say we're gonna make a fighting game like it's just too hard to penetrate i guess the mindshare with something which would compete with super smash bros especially even yeah like you see i saw sony was doing that direct you know everyone's like a team member like it's all our ip that sort of thing and no one really remembers that like some people might have fond memories some people might like it but it was very niche so it's something which only really nintendo can do unfortunately because they've had that game be a strong ip for so long it's just that's where the mindshare is and people are like oh well you know it's came out mario karts came out and that's what they pick up yeah i with with regards to Smash Brothers, I understand why that one is hard for other developers to compete with because you need a massive roster of characters. And I think other developers have, have tried that in different ways uh, and done it quite successfully. I quite liked the Sony Smash Brothers type game, to be honest. I thought it was quite clever and it had a good cast roster and it was an enjoyable alternative to smash brothers and i really like what koei techno did with warriors all stars which was their version i guess of the character mass up mashup it wasn't really a fighting game but that's uh, smash brothers is that 
mix a blend of characters thrown together in some kind of game for the purposes of fan service. And I think other developers do that okay. Where I think it's a bit odd is Mario Kart is quite focused on the one um, one property, which is the Mario Kingdom. So it doesn't it doesn't really indulge the huge character roster that Nintendo has access to. And other developers have similar rosters that they could draw on. Uh, Square Enix could easily do another Chocobo Racing, for example, and it would work in terms of the, the rosters. You know, Sega's got its own roster. It would only need a couple of additional characters to satisfy people on that in that regard, I think. And it, it seems to be something about the, the, the racing or the design of the game or something. Maybe it's just the, the amount of money that they have to throw into it and maybe Nintendo approaches... Mario Kart almost like a, a loss leading thing or it's a console selling thing whereas Sega doesn't have to sell a console so it doesn't need to put as much effort into the kart racer. I don't know. I I, I don't understand why other developers aren't pushing a kart racer because it's a lot of fun. It's a great way to engage with younger audiences and yet only Nintendo does a good job with it and I don't know why. Oh, well, I guess... Oh, yep. Sorry, I was just going to say, I guess on the other console manufacturers like Xbox and, you know, on the PlayStation, they're more, their heritage is in with like the actual serious racing games. So maybe that's the problem there. So, well, I mean, Sony, Sony's got the Wipeout series and that's not exactly a serious racing game. Um, and I think Sony does a good job with that. And obviously, yeah, you're right about Microsoft. Microsoft hasn't got... Microsoft hasn't got the capacity to make a cart race. <laughs> it has what one cute character, and that would be that Forza pirate. car. <laughs> it would be that character from the pirate <laughs> game, which nobody actually liked. I'm just imagining, like, race. imagine like Halo races, and imagine like State of Decay races. <laughs> you, you I, I would not actually put it past Microsoft to do it at some stage. To be honest, I mean, they made those bloody pops out of that stupid. Um, uh, Gears of War series, so yeah, yeah, like Gears of War racing. How cool would that be? <laughs> Gears of War racing. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Actually. Like every now and then, you just need to like take cover somehow. <laughs> you have to mow through hordes of like enemies on the way. <laughs> Set up, throw throw some turrets up to to deal with, you know, <laughs> some enemies on the way. Um, yeah, I, I, Microsoft obviously can't do it, and Sony isn't particularly interested. I think in the kart racer stuff they've got wipe out as their fundraiser so from that perspective i guess that's right maybe it is maybe kart races are a console selling thing and nobody else wants to sell consoles the way nintendo does maybe that's as simple as that on that note let's go to some music well certainly not picking music from that sonic racing game game because that was that's terrible music as well i didn't even rant about that it was just the most dismal music sonic music sucks in general um yeah it does i Putting my yeah, I'm putting the, the old the old stuff is good. You gotta you gotta respect the classics, Matt. Sonic Sonic music is balls. Um, we'll pick we should put music. Bobsy music in. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I, I want people to listen through to the third section. Um, let's. Oh, can have, I drop a recommendation? Let's have music from. Well, I did mention Chocobo at one stage in that last section, so we'll pick some music from Chocobo Mystery Dungeon just for the hell of it. And Square Enix, if you are listening, please make a new Chocobo Racing. I've been waiting for one for a long time. They promised one with a 3DS, and they never delivered the first. Um, okay, Chocobo music.
Welcome back, everybody. Okay, so for the last section of the podcast this week, we are going to talk about Octopath Traveler. The reason being, as James mentioned earlier on in the podcast, it's actually coming out on PC soon, which is good, because anybody who doesn't have a Switch now has no excuse to play it. They absolutely have to. It's essential. It's an amazing game. And we are going to talk about why it is such an amazing game. James, tell me, why do you love Octopath Traveler so much? Um, I don't know. I've, I, I just think for me personally, it just ticked like so many boxes. Um, I mean, I personally, I love the kind of like the the, the sprite um, sort of style animation, and I've forgotten what they called it now. Was it like eight? Did what did they call it? HD, three D, or something? I forgot what HD, they what they refer to it as. HD. I don't. I've always referred to them as HD sprites, <laughs> but um, I don't know what the technical name. I thought it was some thing. weird two point five D HD. Yeah, it's, it's something like that or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, that, but I just thought that's like a they got a paint on them or something, don't they? Isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they actually like got some legal protection or copyrighted <laughs> it or something, so nobody else can actually use this this um, particular art style that they've developed, which is good. That's just I mean, uncool. You shouldn't be allowed to patent an art style. <laughs> All right, I just googled it. It says HD 2D, and yes, it is trademarked <laughs> by the developers. Trademarked. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the the art the artwork was just. I mean, I, I really liked it. I thought the artwork was great, and uh, the characters were were good as well. And I just, I don't know. I thought it was um, the combat was uh, like deceptively in in depth. I guess it it was you you could be really strategic about it rather than just bottom bashing your way through things. Um, and there were, I guess, I don't know. I sometimes find in a lot of RPGs you can you you can unlock so many skills or things and you probably very rarely use all of them um you'll probably find one or two that you really like or you'll just won't bother with a lot of them and you just resort to just default attacking things or whatever but um i don't know th th there were a load of bosses in that game where you really had to strategically plan out the right move at the right point to get to the break points in the combat to really kind of get you somewhere. I, I don't know. Yeah, I thought the, the combat was good, the graphics were great, and the storyline was fun as well. So it pretty much hit like every nail on the head. And uh, combined with the fact that it was on the Switch, so you could literally just pick up and play whenever you wanted, I just, was, just thought it was, was amazing. It's just annoying that they had a, a significant shortage of it when it first came out in the UK. I don't know what it was like in Australia, but it took something like, it, I think it took me three months to get a copy of it because it was just sold out everywhere, which is incredibly annoying. <laughs> the joys, no, I'm pretty the sure we had all your stock. Is that a plug for the website, Matt? Yeah, it is. Droids have digitally it downloaded. Is. It, it <laughs> save, save the environment by digitally. Um, yeah, did you play the Bravely Default games by any chance, James? On the three. So uh, I played a little. Yeah, I played a little bit of Bravely Default on the on the 3DS, but only like at a mate's house. Like he, I bought, played it at his house. I never actually played the. The full game. I never owned a 3DS, right. to be honest. Um, and right. I know that the there was a second one, wasn't there? There was second layer, I think it was called. Yeah, so was there that was. One as well? yeah. The reason the reason I mentioned them is that for me, Octopath Traveler. It's about the same team, feels, isn't it? Yeah, Octopath, Octopath Traveler kind of feels like the natural extension of that combat system um, from Bravely Default. It's it's a refined version of it, I think. And yeah, I quite liked it too. I thought that was. I, I think that's a great system. I like the the risk versus rewards of being able to load up attacks and kind of go all out if you reckon you're close to beating the enemy. But if you miscalculate, then you're in all kinds of pain <laughs> for a couple of turns afterwards because you've got to wait for your character to get their moves back. Um, yeah, I quite like that. I thought it was. I, I think this game. I think Octopath. Octopath Traveler is pretty well balanced too, that there's not too much grinding involved if you're not that interested in, you know, running around in circles. Um, I don't think I, I think got as stuck well. while I was playing. I think, I mean, it's got its hard bits, but I don't think I ever got really stuck while I was playing. Unlike, you know, more... I think, I think as well, like, um, I don't know what everyone else's view on it is, but like, uh, personally, I, I grew up on the old kind of more turn-based rpgs and, and more and more moving to action rpgs and that turn-based element slowly disappearing so when things like this come out personally for me i thought like i i prefer turn-based rather than um action rpgs they do end up just usually being button bashing games so um so yeah so when things like um 
I guess like, like Persona 5, uh, Octopath Traveler, when games are still coming out now and they're still utilizing a turn-based system. I don't know. I, I just prefer it. I think it's nice when they do come out and they don't resort to just saying, okay, right, we've, we've got to put in this an action RPG button bashing element to appeal to more people and we're, we're going to sod that and just make a game that we want to make and and the way we want to make it in turn bases the way. So I, I just like that personally. But Yeah, absolutely. And you'd think that Square Enix would pay attention to the fact that Octopath Traveler and Bravely Default and all of that are quite well loved by play- players. Um, and they'd pay attention to that when deciding that for their fi- remake of Final Fantasy VII, they're going to turn it into a butting machine action game that, yeah. Enix, I think Square they Enix, treat it as a niche. Like Square Enix treats the old school Final Fantasy four to six era as like a niche of players that they can just make a game for every now and then. Then real fans are like the Final Fantasy fifteen, Final Fantasy seven remake kind of action, spiky hairs, dystopian people. Well, the ones thing... buy the loot boxes. <laughs> the thing is that Octopath, Octopath Traveler sold pretty well, didn't it? Um, it I think it did, yeah. But yeah. it was also, it came out on the Switch at a time when not a lot of stuff was on the Switch, though. That's true. That's true. There's timing. There is an element of timing in there. But I don't think that people, uh, there, I know there is that assumption that turn based stuff is not mainstream enough because people are. Well, let's let's be blunt here. People have the the uh, <laughs> have the attention span have the attention span of gnats, and if it's anything that's mildly slow paced, they get bored. There is that perception out there, but I don't think that really backs up because you make a good quality turn based game, it sells for sure, absolutely sells. I mean, look at Persona. Look how much Persona sold. Persona Five. Not that I particularly think it's an amazingly high quality. RPG, but that's because of the narrative, not so much the, the turn-based stuff. I thought the combat was fine, and yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think the perception out there in the industry quite matches up with the reality as far as the RPG genre goes. Because I think people do want turn-based stuff. I think people do like that, and I think Octopath Traveler really tapped into a type of, a nostalgia that a lot of people have but in a way that is still accessible to new people. And I think there would be a few people who became fans of turn-based RPGs as a result of stuff like Octopath Traveler, which is good. I definitely think the art style sold it a bit. Like when it was first announced, everyone was like, oh, that's an interesting art style. It looks pretty. I mean, I get that. And then more information came out about how there was like eight characters and they all have different skill sets and if you're like me, you pick the wrong ones and then suddenly the game's way too hard. <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> I went with the Hunter first. I did, I, did quite like, uh, I did quite like that it was uh, first revealed as Project Octopath Traveler and then it was revealed that the game was just called Octopath Traveler. It really wasn't, <laughs> it really wasn't a project name. I, I do like that. They're like, we're going ha- to pretend we're going to give it a dumb name and then they were like, well, it stuck. <laughs> I like I like how there was a whole bunch of people who were like, "Oh, they're going to rebrand it as a Final Fantasy game or something." No, they're not going to do that. Oh, I won't say his name, but he was. I mean, it, it was in everything but name a Final Fantasy rebrand, though. It, it absolutely, and so was Bravely Default. They definitely are in everything but name Final Fantasy games. But I think actually, it's a good thing. You I know mean, what's given crazy? The direction, given given the direction that Square Enix is taking with Final Fantasy, it's probably a good idea to separate the stuff out from it a little bit and try and find a new franchise that can be used as that kind of turn-based niche, in inverted commas, niche property, because Final Fantasy is obviously aiming for the mainstream with its action-y bits, button I think the, I think the turn-based system kind of taps into, I think, two audiences. So, for example, you've got maybe the people that like get the the nostalgic kick out of it from from older turn-based games and then you've probably got the newer people who probably see something like octopath traveler and it obviously it's it's by square enix who are by no means an indie company but you see this title come out it's not a final fantasy it's in that kind of sprighty graphics and then it's got a turn-based system and it probably almost gives it a bit of a more indie retro feel that people probably feel like they get something more out of it than if it was a big studio release so I think it kind of taps into two audiences. Yeah, I think it's a, it almost reminds me of the era of Squaresoft as a company in the SNES and early PS1 days where they would just green light everything. And Octopath reminds me of especially a game from back then called Live Alive where you were also playing as different characters across time. But 
I think having that kind of standalone story, standalone game, and you know that when you get into it, you're not getting sucked into like some giant series. You just know you're going to have a good RPG and it's going to tie itself up well and you're done. I think that's that's quite appealing to a lot of players. Yeah, there's probably a there's probably an element of that there now that some of the Screenix's RPG franchises are so long. You just if you're if you're new to it, you you're not sure if you should be buying into it all. Um, there, I, I definitely think there's an element of that. Probably more so even for Dragon Quest than Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy has that that perception where every game is just so different. It's not so so much of an issue, but Dragon Quest people seem to see as one continuous franchise even though they're not um even though the games are separate to one another i think people have that perception that buying into dragon quest is buying into everything to do with dragon quest um so having something like octopath traveler where they could have that experience but not feel like they have to play 30 games afterwards is probably a good thing for 30 saying, games in a series would probably be pretty good <laughs> saying, saying that by the time we get to octopath traveler seven or eight <laughs> It's going to Non-a-path be... traveler. <laughs> yeah. O- Octopath traveler, the Oct. That'll be the eighth one. That'll, that's a good title. I'm going to trademark that now, so Square X in excess of pay me. No, it'll be a hundred verse game. Each <laughs> have like a different uh, hundred characters, each or different in an RPG, and then they slowly all die. And then Trent, that's you... just Sukadem, isn't it? <laughs> uh, we have uh, we could have Octopath Kart Racing. Octopath Cart Racing, yes. That would be pretty fun, actually. That'd be amazing. That'd be great. I'm trademarking that. (laughs) (laughs) We should make games. We we should. We should stop doing this podcast thing and actually make them. Get off our bums. Stop stop criticizing, stop complaining, and and fix them. But then we're lazy. Um, Okay. I think we'll we'll give this podcast a wrap there. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, as always, for being on. Trent, Harvard, and james we are going to listen to some lovely music from octopath traveler because it has an amazing soundtrack we didn't really talk about that in this section but it does the music is great really great i have a signed cd i'm so happy about that it's my favorite thing um we'll be back next week to talk about more stuff if you have any suggestions for what you'd like to hear on the podcast just drop us a note that would be great we'd um, we're always keen to talk about stuff that is of interest to people uh otherwise thanks very much for being here